thank to once again come to your house and be here together. But I just pray that, that as we worship, get into the word tonight, simply that you're here with us and we know that you are. But in everything that we do, Lord, that we exalt you, we, we praise you, and that you simply are the focal point of our night. So be with us tonight, Lord. Show yourself in a, in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, for your glory, we all say, Amen. Amen. Let's all give up our feet, please, and let's worship together tonight.
Father, for who you are and what you've done, that all we do have to do is just come. Yes. That you don't want us to clean up our lives first, but you will help us do that part.
will be held till the spring and accumulated a little bit, and then we're going to. Uh, and then, not that the roof is a problem, but when we purchased the building, they said it had four or five good years left. I'd rather deal with it before we need to. Okay, so that's what that's happening. So if you would like one of these envelopes, wave, wave your hand around. Sawyer's got them. Okay, so Sawyer run around. Mike's got some. Chris got some. Give them out. If not, if you don't grab one, they're on the back table also. Uh, we'll take it up Sunday. If you forget Sunday or whatever, we'll, for the next couple of weeks, we can collect it. But Sunday is kind of the official day we're taking it up. So just prayerfully consider it, whatever the word would be on there. Okay? Um, now with that, by the way, uh, came to my attention, basically let me know, how many of y'all are aware of the Karen Kitchen here in town? I mean, it's a great outreach, I understand. Uh, they're in need of items for Thanksgiving. They help a lot of people at Thanksgiving, correct? And uh, so they have a list of needs uh, that they're trying to collect by this Friday. So um, what I'm going to do is get a list of stuff here. Or you can find them on Facebook and have a list on their Facebook page. I'm going to give this back to Macy. So if you're interested in that, just go to Macy. It's just going to have this after church. And just check it out if you want to help out the care conditions, turn around and help people in town. It's a great thing. Uh, check that out, okay? And we also, in December, have a youth lock-in coming. So Josh on Sunday will be giving you some information about that. And I think other than that, oh, yeah, two things in December. is a lot of stuff, so lock-in. Don't forget men. On December the 11th, Saturday morning, we'll have a men's breakfast, all right? So we're going to come together, eat some food together, talk about some guy stuff, do some fellowship. And then also, this is a new one. December 19th in the afternoon, we're going to have a church Christmas party. Yeah. So that is going to be held at, at the Marilyn Miller and her husband's, uh, what do they call it? Wedding venue. Their facility. They, they want to come and, and use it. So we're going to throw a party over there. And then, of course, we're going to have a normal Christmas Eve. So lots of things happening in December. So we'll give you more details about that. And that's stuff coming closer. All right. I hear you. Anyway, all right, just a lot. If you got your word, get it out. I'd like to let you know, but man, I'm, I'm looking for an announcement giver. If you want to give an announcement, let me know. I'll turn that whole thing over. John chapter 6. You got your Bible. John chapter 6, and we're going to go to verse number 1. And so the month of November, we are uh, talking about the provision of God. So Sunday we start that series. Generally, Sundays and Wednesdays, I don't do the same series, uh, but tonight I'm kind of giving a, a second part to, to what I talked about Sunday. I just didn't want to take another 30 minutes on Sunday to talk about that, so I kind of break it down to tonight. Uh, this coming Sunday, we're going to start off with what Paul said, godliness with contentment is great gain. We're going to talk about what contentment is all about. So, so the provision of God, God is our provider. Amen. Amen. God is faithful. God is good. And God is our provider. In the very beginning, as the scriptures say, for us anyway, not for him, but for us. In the beginning, God created. Amen. He's the creator. And God made all the things he made. And after he made all things, the very last thing he makes and puts on this earth is who? Us. Human beings. And what God did was in his creation, all the things he created, he set up the provision of mankind. So sixth day, he created man in his image. But prior to that, he made this earth 
as a place for man to live. And he created the things that would pro provide for him so he can live. So in the very beginning, God puts provision before us. Because he's good. And because he's faithful. And the provision of God never stops. And all you have to do is, is look outside, take a walk somewhere, get you. Let me, let me tell you a secret of life. Sometimes you've got to get out of what man makes and get out into what God makes. Amen. Then you start to learn perspective. Right? So get outside, get some dirt under your feet, right? And you'll see trees growing and grass growing and birds flying. And depending how far you get out there, you see all sorts of things in nature, right? What you see is a continual miracle of the original in the beginning God's created and has never stopped. Amen. The provision of God started at creation and has never stopped. Amen. Thank goodness we have not run out of what we need. Because God provides. Now, I said this Sunday, maybe proof of thought, I'm not going to get into it, but what was the original vocation of man? He gave him dominion over what? The original vocation of man was stewardship of the earth that he created to bring provision. So Christians should view stewardship of our world in a way that we should be good stewards. That's a whole other conversation. But having said that, God provides. And so, so we looked at uh, Exodus and, and the Israelites coming out of Egypt and then God uh, provides manna and quail and does all these miraculous things to continually make them aware that he is a provider. And remember, in the, in the manna and quail, they couldn't take more than what they could gather for that day. Unless it was the sixth day, you gather double for the day of rest, right? It wasn't that God was worried about them accumulating and having, but he was constantly reminding them every single day that he is your source. So Jesus teaches us to pray to draw on that. Give us this day our daily bread. Yes. He draws on that. So provision is in who he is. And even though, and we are to work, right? The Bible says you don't work, you don't eat, that's what Paul says. But even when you're a hard worker, understand that even though you feel you provide, it's still God providing for you. Because everything you have is his anyhow. So we pray for provision, give us a fair of bread. We work hard, and then the, for those that can't, for those that struggle, for those that are in time, the Bible says that we help them. So provision is not for you to, to gain and build these big giant bars we're going to talk about Sunday. But what you do with the provision of God means everything. You tithe your 10%, but he's still the owner of the 90% you have left anyhow. Amen. So what you do with the 90% means a lot too. Amen? So, amen. Anyhow, um, so God is our provider. And we stand as provision. So let's jump in tonight. So I, I wanted to say that, but I want to, I don't want to say I'm bringing a warning, but maybe I am. So John chapter 6, we find the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Now, you know, there are two different feedings of, of groups of people. You have the feeding of 4,000, and you have the feeding of 5,000. So the feeding of 4,000, I think you find it in Matthew and Mark only. But the feeding of 5,000, 
you find it in all four Gospels. One of the only miracles of Jesus that all four Gospels carry. Okay? So, John chapter 6, verse number 1. It says, after this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes, they seen a large crowd that was coming towards him. Jesus said to Philip, Where would you buy bread so that these people may eat? And he said this to test him, for he knew what he would do. So he's checking out Philip's faith and his heart and, and those kind of things. And Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough to feed uh, each of them to get a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? And Jesus said, Have the people sit down. And in other words, much grass in place, that the, so the men sat down, 5,000 in number, so that's 5,000 men, then whatever the number would be of women and children, so it's a much greater number than just 5,000. And uh, Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them uh, to those who received so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they had eaten their fill, he told the disciples, gather up the leftover fragment, that nothing may be lost. So he gathered it up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves that by those who had been eaten. And when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. This was not a sneaky miracle. The people saw what was happening. So, so you have some symbolism happening here, by the way. So the Passover is mentioned. Um, uh, and, and anytime you see bread being provided, it, it draws on the Exodus narrative. So people, the Israelites, believe that God, uh, the great miracle of the manna, anytime they see this in symbolism, they're connected to God and provision. Uh, the Passover here uh, is mentioned, of course, Jesus is now the fulfillment of the Passover for our lives and, and forgiveness. Um, lots of symbolism here, 12 baskets gathered up, 12 tribes of Israel, right, representative that he is the fulfillment of the vocation of Israel as the Messiah. All these things are happening, but the people are just pretty happy that they were getting some food. Yeah. And... The provision that they saw, and they knew a miracle was happening, they began to think, this, this is the prophet who has become. And, and, and again, what that actually meant, what they're seeing, and, and maybe the prophet coming to the forefront, or maybe this is the guy, and all these different things are probably happening. Watch what happened after that. Verse 15. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force, and make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Now you read these accounts in the other Gospels, that part's not there. But John writes it for a reason. Great miracle happened, and the people saw that maybe this is the guy, by force, we're going to make him king. We're going to make this happen. They're looking for uh, the, the ruler to come, overthrow the oppression of Rome, restores to the nation-state of Israel, all this different stuff, that they're waiting for this. By provision, they saw provision, they fed us, 
There was extra, let's make this guy kin. But here's the thing. The danger was they were going to make him king for the wrong reasons. See that? So when we talk about God being your provider, and he is. Amen. God being faithful, and he is. Amen. God is good, and he is. Don't make him Lord of your life for the wrong reasons. And this is the danger when we talk about the provision of God. Is that God is going to do what he's going to do. And we know the Bible says that we cast our care upon him. We present our request to him. We pray, give us this day our daily bread. We are supposed to do that. It's an engagement of faith into who he is and what he does. But it can turn into... That's really all you want out of the situation. That's that you get something from him. And he's king of your life for the wrong reason. So, think about this. And this is something that we talked about before. I have yet to meet somebody that got saved because they loved God. Never met anybody. I mean, a whole lot of people would get saved because they needed something. They needed forgiveness for when God intervened. And then we must learn how to love him. If you do not grow in your love for him, he will just simply be the great ATM of the sky, in your opinion. And what you really go to him for is just, God, I need this, and God, I want this, and God, do this, and God, do that. And, but that's all, all you're after. You're making him king for the wrong reason. By the way, he's king whether or not you recognize him as king. Is that true? He doesn't need your affirmation. He is king. But how he is Lord of your life means everything. Yes, he is Lord of my life because he is God. Put a period on the end of that sentence. Amen. Right? He's Lord and king whether or not he ever provides anything for me. Put a period on the end of that sentence. Yes. Because that's who he is. The problem is when people... See God, and, and you see even, even uh, verses that we find in Psalm, you know, uh, that he will give you the desires of your heart. We see these things, and then we pray for things. We want to see things happen. Sometimes, by the way, prayer is intended to get you in on what God is up to, not trying to make God do what you want to do. Amen. Sometimes we're so intent on getting God to do what we want to do, we're pushing him, and he's just the ATM. We're trying to stick our card in versus actually seeing what he wants and getting in on that. And it just turns into uh, just, just getting something. And, and the danger of it is when you don't get what you want, is he's still Lord of your life. When he doesn't answer your prayer the way you want him to, do you still go to him the next morning and worship him and praise him because he's God whether or not you acknowledge him anyway? You see what I'm getting at? So God, I'm not putting down God as your provider. I believe God will answer your prayers. But let's not make him king just because he provides loaves and fish to us. Amen. Let's make him king because he is the king. Amen. Let's make him king because he has saved your soul. <laughs> because, because watch this. We, we are fortunate in the United States of America to have what we have. Let's be honest. Um, the gospel has to work 
in a third world country as much as it works in a first world country. So if Jesus is king because of provision, what's it look like for a third world country that's struggling and they don't have what you have? They follow Jesus because he's Jesus, not because of all the stuff they think they get from him. Amen. That they live in, give us this day our daily bread, not give me a boat and, and, and whatever else. You see what I'm getting at? There's nothing wrong with having a boat, but you see my point. So, I, I, you know, I love history. I have a degree in history. I, I really, American history was my study in college, uh, really focusing on the, the Civil War era. You guys know who Frederick Douglass is? If you don't, just check him out. All right, he's uh, an escaped slave that became an abolitionist, okay, Civil War era. Reading some of his writings and some he wrote just, just punched me right in the eyeballs, all right? I mean, just made me think. He said an account of some slaves that there they are barely having enough and sometimes not having, right? Knowing there's a storehouse of food where food is rotting and going bad. At the same time, hearing their owners praying that God would bless them. You see what I'm getting at? You have to be careful about treating God as just God bless me, God bless me, God bless me while you have food riding and there's, there, there's people in need while you food riding and you still want more. Amen. See, if Jesus is really Lord of your life, I don't have a problem praying, praying God bless me, but what you do with your blessing means everything or he is just something you're trying to get something from. Amen. Because he teaches you beyond the blessing. If you don't learn what to do in relationship with him, even if you're blessed, you still won't do what you're supposed to do. The Christian life is not just being blessed, it's how you live. And you live in the Christian life whether or not you feel like you're blessed. See? Now Jesus set this whole entire thing up. Being in a 5,000. So John writes this. Now watch what happens. So you have this, this the story of Jesus walking on the water, but go right down to verse 22 of chapter 6. Right, it's the same there that Jesus walks on the water after this. They perceived uh, the prophet, they wanted to make him king. He was drawn by himself. He walks on water. Then verse 22, on the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias. Uh, came near to the place where they had eaten bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you were not seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. He perceived they were just coming after him, give us some more food. Again, this whole thing of we're seeking him for the wrong reasons. Now watch what he says in response to that. Do not work for the food that perishes. Now this goes back to Matthew, where we read Sunday. Store up treasure in heaven. Where rust, moss can't destroy, thieves can't break it and steal. 
right? Store there. Don't worry about storing up treasure on earth where all those things can happen, right? That's what Jesus is talking about here. But for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. That's Jesus. Amen. So they said to him, Then what sign will you do that we may see and believe you? What work will you perform? Now this is kind of crazy because he was healing the sick. Then he performs the miracle for those of them. And they said, well, What sign are you going to give us that we can believe what you're saying? What happens is when all God is is something you want to get, it's never enough. You always want something more. God bless you yesterday, now I need a blessing tomorrow. And it's all we want. We want God to do this, we want God to do that. You're not satisfied with Him. Greed seeps into your Christianity. Right? So watch what He does. Our fathers ate man in the wilderness, as is written, again, referencing the Exodus account, and He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And here comes the great I am statement, one of the great, uh, of the seven great I am statements in the Gospel of John. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. Amen. 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 So this whole narrative of feeding 5,000 leads into this great statement Jesus says, I, me, not the gifts, not the blessing, not the things you want, not the things you want me to do for you. I am what you need for life. Not all this other stuff. When Jesus says in Matthew, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things. He's saying, seek him in the kingdom first, the bread of life, and be satisfied here. Then because he's a good God and a faithful God, then these other things will be added unto you. He will provide for you. Yes. But don't confuse the worship of the gift and the giver. We can make an idol out of the gift if we're not careful. That Jesus is our goal. He is our desire. He is what really brings us life. We think we have life because all this other stuff. We have to know Jesus is life. That is why when you pray and when you want and all these different things, if, if it doesn't happen just how you want and the timing that you want or, or whatever. But it's okay because your hope was him anyhow. Yes. And it doesn't throw you from worship or, or allegiance or simply following him. Do you pick up your cross and follow him every day even if you don't feel like the prayer is being answered? Yeah. Or do you get frustrated and, and then start to wonder, start to doubt. He is what we need. 
So God is a great provider, but don't, don't, don't miss the point here. Jesus is the bread of life. And as a matter of fact, he goes on to say something that, that raised a bunch of eyebrows. Let's jump down to the same chapter, verse 53. So Jesus said that truly, truly. Notice he keeps saying truly, truly. That, 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 is, that is listen to me. And the third time we got this in this part of reading. Truly, truly, listen to me. I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Amen. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. My flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. And whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I am him. As the Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Amen. And Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Verse 60. And when many of the disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? And he lost followers. Now, okay, let's just be honest. If I'm listening to somebody say, well, you know how you have to like, you got to really eat my flesh and drink my blood, I'm going to go, well, dude, I don't know about this. I'm a little crazy. All right, but, but he really, he's yeah. bringing home some points here. By the way, uh, the, the Catholic Church believes when they take the Eucharist that literally becomes the flesh and blood, this is where they draw that from, by the way, in the communion. So, just tell you that. But anyhow, um, that we partake of him in a way that he is in us. Amen. That we live in him. And we live by him. And we live for him. And he is what we are after. That we love him, we don't love the blessing. And we don't seek him just because we think we get the blessing. It's not like this. When you pray, and you come to church, and you fast, and you worship, and you're doing your best, these are not things you do to butter God up to get what you want. You don't build bratty for himself with God. These, you worship, you pray, you fast, you come to church, you do all these things in spiritual discipline because you want to get closer to him. Amen. Not to butter him up to get what you want. Amen. Because he's our goal and he's our desire. So again, this is a rehash. I know I said this before. So, in context, we'll talk about that. If you get to heaven, what? and everything you always dreamed of, everything you always wanted, everything you ever prayed for is there. But Jesus isn't. What'd you miss him? Yeah. <clears throat> what really is your desire? You see? Let's be after him. Let, let, don't confuse the gift and the giver. Don't, don't ever put the gift above the giver. 
Don't ever treat God like he's just the great genie of the sky. You just got to rub the lamp three times and get three wishes to get what you want. Don't treat him like that. Have you ever watched the uh, Chronicles of Narnia or read the books? Okay, I love them. Um, there's a scene, and it's different in the book than it is in the movie, but there's a scene where Aslan, obviously representing Jesus, is about to leave, and you see him walking on the beach, right? And the book is different characters, but I think the movie is Timnus and, and one of the girls, I forget the names, and, and Aslan's walking. Whatever the discourse was about him leaving, Mr. Timnus says, just remember, he's not a tame lion. You can't tame Jesus. You can't make him do what you want. You can't pull a string and force him to say, you have to do this for me. You see what I'm saying? He's not a tame lion. He is who he is because he is a lion. You see what I'm saying? But if you think you can box him in and make him do this for you and make him do that for you and force him to do this and force him to do that, you're missing the point. He is the bread of life. Yes. And he gives good gifts to his children. He will do so. Don't, don't say I'm not saying that. But don't just be about the gift. Like seek the giver. Just live in the giver. He's the bread of life. Yes. So we're talking about all the wonderful provision of God last Sunday. All the wonderful provision. Who he is and what he will be. And we don't have to worry about tomorrow. If he, if he worries about the sparrow that flies around and he clothes the grass of you, how much more will he take care of you? Amen. But don't get hung up on it. Don't make that what it's all about. The size of your faith doesn't necessarily mean the size of your bank account or the number of stuff you have in your closet or the size of your house what kind of car you drive. Amen? Amen? Don't make it about that. God will provide. We're going to live on the bread of life. Amen. And he's going to sustain us. Because if you're saying that the biggest and best and most important provision he provided anyways. Yes. And that's where it's going. Because the reward of the treasure in heaven is what it's all about anyway. What we're, what we're headed towards. Where we're going. And that again, just like man, remember the manna and the quill, it, it, it was provided for every day, every day, every day, as soon as they crossed the promised land, they stopped, it stopped because they started living in the provision of the promised land. That's our life. He's going to provide you, provide you. And then when we get trekking out the whole new provision, <coughs> but it's an eternal provision, that's who he is. Amen? Amen. Let's, not get this, let's not get the order mixed up. Don't, you can't serve God and money. Amen. We serve God, so put money in the right place. Amen. 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 Anything else is icing on the cake, but if, but if all we have is you, I pray that we're content enough in that. 
Yeah, I was picking up our cross daily and following you is simply a way of life and obedience because we have responded to the call to be a disciple. And our goal each day is simply to follow you, to live in you, to live by you, to live for you. I just pray that we recommit ourselves tonight to that task. Seek your kingdom first. While knowing then, because you're faithful and you're good, you're just going to add all these other things unto us. So we don't have to worry and focus and, 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 and give our life away for those things that we give our life to you. Lead us, guide us, do provide for us. Teach us how to be faithful as you are faithful. Teach us how to love you as you love us. Let's grow in that. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for being here. <laughs> We'll be back at it Sunday. But have a very Jesus show for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Have a very